radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Proving that relevance isn't all that important, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Hey, talk about relevance. I just finished publishing an article that is supremely relevant. Oh, but not now that we're broadcasting the show. My article titled, How to Pray for the Broncos. I suppose that if you're listening to this, that is irrelevant. Better late than never, I guess. (laughs) Hey, did you watch the the Super Bowl? Can't believe the Broncos completely... Demolish the Seattle Seahawks. You're getting me all time warpy now. <laughs> I, by the way, there's a member of my church. I put, I cha- uh, I changed my profile picture on the Facebook to a Bronco, right? And uh, and so someone just sent me a screenshot of their Facebook page, and it and there was a um, there was someone who said, "Don't you wish everyone got as excited about football as they did about Jesus?" Oh, wait, switch that. <laughs> Don't you wish everyone got as excited about Jesus as they did about football? And then right below it, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller has changed his profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> you See know all the things you miss. You miss it, stuff like that. Wasn't it in the you know in the Old Testament the idea was that uh, that the God of the nation that was winning the war was the true God or the the more powerful God. And so uh, it just so happens that Mark Driscoll, uh, Mars Hill, is a big Seattle Seahawks fan. Would it be uh, theologically accurate to surmise then whoever wins between the Denver Broncos or the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks has the purest theology? I think that. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's That makes that's, sense. That's right on. I, that's, I, I saw I an article today about how <laughs> the Broncos are going to lose because the unemployment rate in Denver is lower oh, yeah. than Seattle. You were talking that about was last movie. week. Yeah. I hmm. saw that. Now, that so this this is what we call... Did we figure out the name for this? Oh, yeah. Non-est proster hosterhawk? Yeah, that sounds the, right. I don't know what I just said in Spanish, but something bad. <laughs> yeah. Someone's teaching you dirty words in Latin, and you don't even know it. Oh, that's right. Hey, quit quit talking like that. I don't know Hebrew. <laughs> Why is this uh, so long, this article? <laughs> it's like I have to read a novel just to understand why the Broncos are going to win. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you're reading the article I just wrote? Yeah. So how, how to, pray, how for how to pray for the Broncos. Now, by the way, you commit this I got a infringement on the website here. That's nice. Did I really? Probably. Because of that picture? Yeah, probably. 
Did, is this a CPA did picture? You, did you pay? <laughs> did did you pay for use of that picture, or did you develop? No, man, it yourself? I'm giving the guy free advertising. I'm not charging him to use it. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Now uh, I got a buzzword, but I have to go second because you have to do your buzzword first. You'll see why when I do mine. Is that true that I have to go first? Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that I should be doing is giving you a buzzword at this very moment. Yeah, so look quick. Okay. Control R. Um, how about... I can't even pronounce that one. Tritheism. <laughs> Tritheism oh, is the belief in uh, three distinct gods and stands in contrast to Trinitarianism. Now, uh, are you, by the way, against the word Trinitarianism because it's an ism? Oh, I'm just testing probably. your consistency. I'm not against all isms, like Calvinism and socialism. Those are both isms. But Trinitarianism? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably an error. <laughs> Trinitarianism. Have you haven't recanted of that hurrah yet? Your ism? Oh, almost. I'm getting close to the ism thing because of Mike Brown. What did he make me repent of the other day? Something that I said wrong. Oh, about how the flesh loves the law. Oh, now, yeah. now that he got me to repent of that. He's trying to get me to <laughs> repent of the ism thing. Nice. Well, okay, so here's the, here's the idea in, in Trinitarian uh, doctrine, uh, theology, that uh, we have uh, one God, so uh, I guess we would call that a monotheism, um, but yet in that one divine essence there are three persons, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, all of the... Uh, false religions deny that in some way or the other. Either they deny the different persons and uh, just only talk about um, uh, God being one, or so you'll have like modalism where where God is just one, but He's appearing in different ways. Uh, that's a de- that's a denial of the three persons. Or and this is what uh, um, is being spoken of here: you deny the, the Trinity. Uh, or you deny the oneness and say that, well, the, instead of there being uh, one God and three persons, it's just three different gods. And so you have the God of the Father, you have the God of the Son, and the God of the Holy Spirit, without uh, uh, talking about their, their unity. So this would be the idea of tritheism. Three gods. Tri-three-theism God. I think that this is growing in popularity, tritheism and polytheism, and the reason is because everyone used to laugh at all the Greek mythology stuff, but... Have you noticed the resurgence of this with things like Percy Jackson and, um, you know that Percy Jackson thing? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Percy Jackson is the son of Poseidon, the god of the sea, and he had a bunch of books written about him and even movies also. And so my son, Andrew, and daughter Hannah are reading these things. Now, I think that there's these books are... Kind of a revival of the old. I mean, they're they're not teaching the paganism. They're hit. They're they're fiction books. You know, I think they appeal for a number of reasons. But one of them is that for so long theology has had God without a personality. So that along with the denial of the persons goes a denial of the personality. And so now that you can have a conversation between the gods, that's a that is a particularly interesting thing, which we have in the Bible. It's called the heavenly council, the heavenly conversation. But we don't talk about it much, and so this old Greek multiple god paganism stuff, I think, is starting to make a comeback in people's creative minds. Percy, the son of Poseidon, begins in the lightning thief as a troubled 12-year-old boy with dyslexia and ADHD. When his uh, class takes a field trip to the Mesopotamian 
uh, Museum of Art, one of his teachers turns into a fury and attacks him. Whoa. I remember that from the movie. Now, my buzzword for you is this. Theopedia. <laughs> you didn't, Theopedia uh, oh, yeah. is a growing online evangelical encyclopedia of biblical Christianity, a network of interconnected pages constantly being <laughs> refined and updated. Wait, 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 wait. Did you get that off of Theopedia? Yeah, man. So they're so self-referential. We need to have an article on ourselves for sure. <laughs> About Theopedia. It's its own little page And here now. I get 500 points. That does not... Oh. <laughs> that... Is, oh. I'm about to make a new... Now that's good. That is a world record right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Get that out of the way. I wanted to see... All the editors have to agree to the statement of faith, but for some reason, the statement of faith is not available. It says forthcoming... I told you, server this, transfer. this is a Calvinist website, and so the statement of faith is hidden. Why, why <laughs> is this so hard to understand? <laughs> I was, by the way, looking for a Calvinist <laughs> to figure out what God's hidden will was for the football game. Ah, yeah. So I would know how to pray, since they're experts in this. <laughs> I couldn't find any. Oh, man. Okay, let's get to the emails at questions at tabletalkradio.org. This is from Christopher from Tillamook. Oregon? Yeah. He writes. Oregon. Yay. Dear hey, Table Chris, Talk you should guys. come down to Club Rogue River sometime. Go ahead. I oh, oh, I was talking to Daniel Emery Price. You remember Daniel Price? He has the wild boars in the vineyard. Yeah, Is we're that like the best friends show? now. Yeah. He ha- Do you know that he has a t-shirt print shop? And do you also know that he designed a Club Rogue River and public library shirt? And do you know that I saw him wearing that shirt? <laughs> I didn't know the last one. Oh, it's the greatest thing. It says Club Rogue River in neon. It has like a palm tree next to it. It's great. So the shirt exists now. <laughs> I think it's in the mail. It's coming to me. Thanks, Daniel. for that. That is the most... That is funny right there. Club Rogue River... <laughs> And public library. All right, let's get to oh, Chris's man. email on this last minute. How do I confront the false dispensational theology of my evangelical brother when he's hell-bent on a Jewish Israel being separate from the church? He believes, as many dispies do, that Jews are a people that have a separate salvific plan, even apart from Christ, in the purposes and greater intentions of God, established as biblical fact, ultimately by the misconstrued portions of Genesis regarding the everlasting real estate covenant given to Abraham. I've studied the topic extensively, much to say to him, but I don't know how to uh, include my observations into our conversation because of his belief that there's no other way to explain the scriptures and that any other view would be a twisting of God's word. I do value his longstanding friendship, especially as a brother in Christ, and I don't want him to think that I'm distorting God's word. He's heard so many views of amillennialism that are completely misconstrued and just plain wrong. He has picked up a pretty bad taste for the biblical and accurate view. So far as our conversations are one-sided, he does all the talking in regards to eschatology, which, of course, happens to be an old favorite topic of mine. Given the situation, what do you all think would be the best approach and or method of argument in explaining the correct eschatological view? Well, I would go to Romans 9 or 10. Um... However, I'm sure that he's gone there. Um, but, Pastor, I'm going to let you handle this after the commercial break because uh, you're, you're, like, you're like from the, the Dispy uh, teachers, aren't you? You're, you're, yes, a, you're a former Dispy, as he called it. I so am. we'll let the former Dispy speak to that question after this break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Today's lineup includes talking about the Broncos and then playing Bible Bee with some Vickers. That's all coming oh, up on yeah. Table Talk Radio. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. 
theologians for the price of none. Table Talk Radio will be right back. Thankful for God's service through the pastors in your life? Then consider attending Christ for Us in the Office of the Holy Ministry, a conference of the Association of Confessing Evangelical Lutheran Congregations, this coming February 25th through 27th in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Visit our website at acelc.net for information on Christ for Us in the Office of the Ministry. Register online at acelc.net. Jesus is better than football Jesus already won the Super Bowl Okay, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Did that song, I mean, did that hymn just say that Jesus (laughs) already won the Super Bowl? It's correct, it did say that. What's that about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is it you said that I interviewed that guy about that song? Yes, you did. It's on I our it's our website, tabletalkradio.org, under the table scraps tab. Now, uh, Pastor, we got an email before the break from Chris from Oregon, and Til- uh, I thought that cheese came from Tillamook. It does, and it's excellent cheese as well. I'm a I'm a fan. Now, he said the strongest argument he has is that God still has a promise to keep, a land promise to keep with Israel. And this is a typical dispensational thing. And the only way to, I, 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 the only way to, to take this, um, to approach this, is to say, does the Scriptures give us um, any indication that that promise to give Abraham the land all the way to the Euphrates River, that's the thing that they say, that, that, that Israel never had the land to the Euphrates River. Does the, 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 does the Bible itself ever say that God has kept that promise? And it just so happens that it does. So here's the verses. You might want to jot them down. Joshua 21, verses 43 to 45. See also the parallels, Joshua 10, verse 40, Joshua 11, verses 15 and 23. And here's what the text says. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, Not a man of all the enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. So that the Bible itself tells us that God has has already kept that promise. Uh, Even to give the land to the people at the time of Joshua. uh, All the land that he had promised to them. And then here's another text to jot down. 2 Samuel 8 verse 3 which talks about King David recovering all the territory to the Euphrates River, so that he's recovering territory that they previously possessed. So the scriptures say that the Lord kept his promise to give all the land that God promised to Abraham, that he gave it to them already. That he Now, that's one of the big dispensational arguments, that God has not kept that promise yet, so they're still waiting for some land promises to be fulfilled. And uh, and the scriptures speak the opposite way. That so, the promise is already done. Right. So you're saying that if if, if uh, according to Joshua and Second Samuel, if that promise has been fulfilled, then the Lord uh, is no longer bound to that promise because it's been sort of checkmarked, if you will. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that the, the dispensationalist always has this whole big long list of promises that the Lord has to keep still. That the temple has to be rebuilt. That someone's got to go sacrifice a pig in there. That there's got to be, you know, uh, microchips under the skin on the hand for buying <laughs> cocoa puffs and all this stuff. And and the, but the problem Sweater is that vest. that all all of those unfulfilled promises that the dispensationalists see undoes the 
immediacy of, of the promise of Christ's return, that he could come at any minute. I mean, the dispensationalists can't say that, that Christ can come at any time. They can say the rapture can happen at any time, but that destroys the imminency of the second coming. Uh, so, so all of these, uh, you know, looking for the fulfillment of promises in the Bible uh, and in the newspaper that the dispensationalists love to do are not only wrong, they are dangerous, because what it does is it, it lets the Christian think that there's going to be a delay between now and the coming of Jesus, which is not true. And maybe one more note before we move on. Uh, this, this theology, this dispensational theology, completely uh, affects your hermeneutic on how you read the Scripture. So if you understand um, the church age as sort of God's great plan B, or the sort of ellipsis in uh, salvific history, then the New Testament is sort of a, a tack-on, but the primary revelation of God is in the Old Testament. However, if you understand... Um, the New Testament as as God's uh, fuller revelation to us in the person of Jesus, as Hebrews 1 says, by the way, uh, long ago in, in many ways God spoke to his prophets of old by the prophets, but now he speaks to us in his son Jesus, and the Gospels are the record of his son Jesus, and the apostles teaching about that son Jesus. So the New Testament is that very word of God, John 1, 1. Um, so So now we would understand the New Testament to be the explanation of the Old Testament. We understand the Old Testament light of the New rather than the other way around. Sounds good. Then Paul says, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. There it goes. So all the promises. God has kept every... The only promise yet to be kept is uh, the, the second coming of Jesus. That's it. That's the only thing we're waiting for. We've talked about that before. All right. So let's go to this... I mean, I've always wanted, wanted to know... How should I play, pray for the Denver Broncos? Like oh, that, yeah. That, hey. that question just keeps me up at night. I imagine it does. It kept me up the other night, mostly because I was just thinking of this article to write. <laughs> uh huh. I wrote this article, How to Pray for the Broncos. That's what I said. Now, now, here's the trouble, as I see it. The trouble is that it seems fairly trite to pray for a game. And yet, at the same time, that's all anybody in the whole world around here is talking about, the Broncos. You know, kids are talking about it at school, radio's talking about it, front page of every newspaper. You go down the street and everyone's wearing purple and blue. I mean, wait a minute, orange and blue. <clears throat> the, uh, the whole thing, I mean, it's just crazy. So now, how can it be that, that the conversation that I'm having with my neighbors is different, so skew from the conversation I'm having with Jesus in my prayers, you know? The petitions that I'm bringing before the throne of God. So I was trying to work through that sort of thing. Now, there's a, maybe, maybe a couple of things to say. One is that the Lord wants us to pray for whatever, which is an incredible sort of thing. That God says, pray for whatever. Now, in, now, um, uh, I, I was just jotting down a couple of these verses. Uh, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith, Matthew 21. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in me. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it, John 14. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you, John 15. The day you will ask nothing of me, truly I say, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you, etc. So that there's this whatever of prayer. Now, this whatever of prayer is bound by the name of Jesus. So, so for the first thing is this. We can pray whatever we want. And the Lord promises to hear our prayers. And in fact, he is interested in our prayers, even if they're not particularly interesting things to him, because he's interested in us, so that the Lord in his great mercy cares about the things that we care about, which is stunning. 
But, but we step along from that and we realize that we ought to be certain when we pray and to be certain about what, what we're praying for, we need a word from the Lord. So generally, our Christian prayers are asking the Lord to give us the things that he has already promised to give us. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What we don't say is, give us this day our daily bread if it's your will. Mm-hmm. Thy kingdom come if it's your will. Your will be done if it's your will, <laughs> or etc. you see? Mm-hmm. Because we know it's his will to give us daily bread and forgive our sins and for his name to be hallowed and his kingdom to come. He promised us that. So we pray this great and solid amen of faith because we're praying for the things that the Lord has promised to give us, that he's commanded us to pray for. But there is this place in life where we don't know what the Lord's will is. There's a lot of things that just are not, not promised to us and not commanded. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's open questions. Or we might God's not know what that daily bread is. Is that, is that yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So um, I, it is not revealed to us in the Scriptures who, even though we know the Broncos are going to win, or I should say have won, <laughs> some sort of weird time warp, uh, and yet we do not we have a word from God about that. So we can't pray, so that when we don't have a word from God, when we don't have a promise, then we pray, Thy will be done. Like Jesus, remember? Uh, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but Thy will be done. So that our prayers, while we do pray for whatever uh, we want to, those prayers are um, conditioned by a faith that trusts that God knows best. Okay. Yeah, and 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 I see here on your in your paper you quoted Romans eight twenty eight, um, that that God causes all things to work together uh, for good to those who are who love God, and then I also think the other verse that um, helps us understand this is is just after that in verse thirty two where it says, "He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things?" So that if the Lord, if if God Almighty has decided to spare us poor, rotten, wretched sinners instead of his perfect, beloved son, son in whom he is well pleased, is he going to fail to give us our daily bread? Of course, right. the answer That's is right. no. Yeah. Now, here's another, though, strange phenomenon with the Broncos, because the Broncos are more than just a football team. And there's a lot of football teams, you know. There's the peewee football teams that are probably playing down the street from me right now. And nobody is talking about them at all. There's tons of football teams, but the Broncos are something more than that. They're not a football team. They are a part of what it means to be Colorado. In the in the crazy way that the Lord creates things, in his creativeness and his kind of strange mixing together of things, there is a certain way that the Lord has bound up uh, place with the Broncos and a bunch of other things. You know, we got we got the Nuggets, we got the Rockies, we got pot shops on every corner, we got Rocky Mountain Oysters, we got mountains and skiing and and Coors Beer and all of the other things that are unique to this place. And that uniqueness or the specificity of a place is is something that the Christian rejoices in, so that the Lord has not just made me a neighbor, he's made me a neighbor specifically in this place right here. Neighbors are different than your neighbors. That, 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 you know, we have this tendency to make our neighbor, love your neighbor, into a, some sort of abstraction, and that can't stand. So that, so that so I'm not just some sort of husband in the abstract, I'm Carrie's husband, see? 
and, and so that there's a that there's a uniqueness and a specificity place where the Lord has put me and that I rejoice in that specificity is part of what it needs means to be a neighbor and that's what I pray for them well I am that the thankful. Lord would continue to strengthen the bonds that bind us to our neighbor I am thankful that I'm in a state that doesn't have a professional football team so I can continue to pray for the Denver Broncos um, <laughs> we'll be right back after this break we'll bring the Vickers in to play some Bible oh, B Hollywood boy. Square style you're listening to Table Talk Radio Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Everyone's favorite game here on Table Talk Radio is Bible Bee, and everyone's oh, second yeah. second favorite game is Bible Bee with Vickers, Hollywood Swears style, and that's what we're playing today. Hollywood Swears? Squares style. <laughs> I just learned how to talk yesterday. You said Hollywood Swears. Um, so, Pastor, why don't you tell us how this game works? Now, the way Bible Bee works is we read a passage from the Bible, then guess what book it's from, and then give out points, and then talk about law and gospel. Now, the way Bible Bee works with Vickers is this is like potato baked potato with bacon bits really and that is that uh <laughs> is that we are going to give each other texts and then the vickers over here are going we have i got vicar lessman on my team you have vicar hamilton on your team and they are going to say if we got it right or wrong and then they are the ones that then get will, will get points if they are right or wrong about us being right or wrong get it right okay right um, so we have to do the job of convincing them that we know what we're talking about when we answer. Oh, easy, easy. So um, <laughs> are you? Are you? <laughs> they're vicars. They're they're gullible. <laughs> if I get one more vicar in here, I can start calling them my minions. <laughs> I was wondering you know that if, show. If vicars. Have you, have is, you heard this? kind of like minions. The... Assemble minions. <laughs> That's from Despicable Me. Assemble minions. I was wondering Steve, if the hey, Vickers are kind of like the gremlins that, that duplicate when they get wet or something like that. You have <laughs> two Vickers in your office now. Keep okay. them away from water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we uh, go to the first round, and I'll give you first round, Pastor Wolfman, right. if you All are right. ready. I, I was born ready for this game. Okay. Here are your three verses. Taking precaution that no one should discredit us in our administration of this generous gift, for we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. Oh, yeah, that's easy. That's totally easy. So, first of all, it's New Testament. Because I notice it's New Testament, because in the Old Testament, they use a lot of these and thous. And they didn't have any in the, in the passage there. Okay. <laughs> that's so, a, for heaven's sake, so, that's a joke. 
I had to tell the vicars to laugh. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You have a little uh, a laughter button that lights up for the vicars. <laughs> now, this is, uh, no, this sounds, this idea of, how did it say we've had a collection and we sent so-and-so with the collection? It didn't say the name of the person that was sent, but this is, you know, this is one of the big things that St. Paul does. That he has a, two times in his missionary journeys, he's he's taking collections. And in fact, probably, it's, it's what, the third missionary journey? is really uh, a, a, a journey for the collection. He's collecting uh, resources, money, from the Gentile churches to support the church in Jerusalem. And so he'll write about this quite a bit. Now, the epistle where he talks mostly about this, uh, the great stewardship epistle, if you'll let me call it that, is Second Corinthians, where that's where he says that Christ became rich, that we might become poor, uh, God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver, and things like this. So I, I am going to say, what is Second Corinthians? Why do you always act like we're playing table deck Jeopardy? <laughs> Just to make sure. You're trying to make a habit. <laughs> All right. Whenever you Vicar, want to answer, Vicar Lessman, what say you? I think I'm going to agree with him. Yeah, buddy. You Ooh, are right. Yeah. So yeah, we're right. Now, I think we should have the vicars uh, speak to the passage concerning law or gospel. And, uh, Vicar, would you like me to read it again for that? Y- yes, please. Okay. Taking precaution that no one should discredit us in our administration of this generous gift, for we have regard for what is honorable, not only the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. That's kind of a tricky law gospel text, really. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it has a lot of both, both elements in it. Okay, where do you see the law and where do you see the gospel? You got to drag it out of this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. He's got his points and he's happy with that. Yeah. I have food, clothing, table talk radio points. Would this be content? (laughs) Taking my points and I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like like he's been tested. Okay. That would be law. That would be law. Sure. And And then, then, go ahead. I just asked about gospel, too. It was. Uh, I didn't write the whole verse down. I, you, you spoke too fast for me, but that he was found worthy. Sure. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that nice. Is Who and, is it, by the way, that Paul sends? Um, Sosthenes or something like this. Anyway, how many yeah, points we got? We got seven hundred. Okay, points. forget it. Let's let's go. Let's for that. I think two hundred points for Law and Gospel. Three hundred points total for Wolf Mueller Lessman. All right, we're ready to get the points. Way, Let's do this. Come on, round uh, one. Vicar Here Hamilton, we go. Uh, Evan has already uh, 500 points from previous dumb luck. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so you got a bit of a head start. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Here's dumb the luck. text. For behold, the Lord will come in fire, and his chariots like the whirlwind, to render his anger in fury he, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into judgment, and by his sword with all flesh, and those slain by the Lord shall be many. Those who sanctify and purify themselves go into the gardens, following one in the midst, eating pig's flesh and the abomination of mice, and shall come to an end together, declares the Lord. I have a question. So yes? if I guess incorrectly, but Vicar Hamilton's guesses 
that I have guessed incorrectly, do we both get points? Uh, oh yeah, no, that's I think that's wrong because uh, I was gonna uh, guess the Book of Psalms. <laughs> 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 that sounds like Jude. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna guess um, because I know this chariot of fire is a theme in the Prophet of Ezekiel, maybe some Daniel, uh, maybe some Revelation. No, I think it's in Revelation. So I'm gonna say, what is the Book of <laughs> Ezekiel? All right, what say you, Vicar Hamilton? Wow, this is really tough. Um, I've got a 50-50 chance. Can I uh, phone a friend? Or <laughs> No, you're, you're on the hot seat, man. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to have to... Uh, I don't have any reason to, but I'm going to disagree with Pastor Gagline. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I can't believe that. Ouch. What disrespect. I know. <laughs> what dishonor. I have your Vic- Vicar Supervisor on the line right now. <laughs> <laughs> What an insult. And also, what accuracy. Because you were wrong, and so Vicar Hamilton is right. <laughs> it is not Ezekiel. Whoa. There's pure dumb luck for you. Yeah. Now, do you, uh, do you have a, you know what it's from, Vicar Hamilton, or you want to take another guess? Okay. This comes from Isaiah, oh. chapter 66, uh, verses 15, 16, and 17, the last part of Isaiah. Nice. So This is kind of the Lord's final wallop. But that's a hint for the law gospel part. So, Vicar Hamilton, law and or gospel. Well, I'm definitely going to have to go with law here. What made you say that? Probably the entire passage. Um, the Lord's fire raining down. Um, if you want to read it again, I could give you a little bit more specifically. Behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger in fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. I don't know what gave you idea. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like gospel to me. <laughs> by fire the Lord will enter into judgment, and by his sword with all flesh, and those slain by the Lord shall be many. What chapter is that? 66. Yeah, it's pretty law-ish. Yeah, law, the only thing law-y. that could make it gospel is if the uh, Lord's anger or Lord's wrath were stayed from the people, but... That's definitely not the case here. That comes a little bit later, chapter 22, the new heavens and the new earth, and, the, and the, that'll remain before the Lord forever. Ooh, that's pretty good stuff right there. All right, way to go. So uh, Vicar Hamilton has 200 points, I think. Is that how it works, Pastor? I don't even know what I'm doing over here. I don't know either. I'm just the giving, points are so giving points around. <laughs> All right, oh, I better get to your, ver- your round two then, huh? Yeah, man. That goes in the, here in the Bible somewhere. This is one verse. This now, Vicar, is for 100 points. Ah, 200 points. Yes. Okay. Here it is. Your round two. I'm just stalling so you make it. You you think it's a really hard book to find. (laughs) Where is Zephaniah? I know Matthew's around here somewhere. (laughs) Okay. Here is your one verse. It says. So the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month on the seventh, on the oh, sorry, uh, on the third month on the twenty-third day, and it was written, uh, in, in ah sorry, uh, it it was written according to the command of the Jews. Huh. <laughs> How interesting. The king's scribes were called on the on some t- date there. And it was written according to the command of the Jews. That's right. I don't think that phrase, the Jews, comes until very much later. Now, that doesn't sound like New Testament. Um, it sounds Old Testament-y. 
especially because of the talk of the king. I, there's not many. I mean, King Herod is hanging around in the New Testament, and his son, also King Herod. Uh, but I think this is going to be Old Testament. Now, there's a couple times you could be an Israel king, a, a king of Judah, or a king of one of the other nations around. Which king it is is the question, I think. Huh. I'm going to have to guess after this break. All right, you think about it. Make sure he's not pulling out his Bible search program there, Vickers. And uh, we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Finish playing the game Bible Bee. You'll be right back. We got Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon. He was a wise king. Then we're moving right along to the majors. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Then you got Throne in the Lion's Den. But he wasn't alone. God was with him. And then we got the minor prophets. For immature audiences only, this <laughs> is Table Talk Radio. B-I-B-L-E. That's for me. Stand upon the word of God. B-I-B-L-E. B-I-B-L-E. That's for me. Stand upon the word of God. B-I-B-L-E. So the king's scribes were called at that time the third month on the 23rd day, and it was written according to the command of the Jews. I wonder what they wrote. I wonder that as well. I wonder what king this was who had so many scribes to write <laughs> things according to the command of the Jews. I, I mean, I tried to pick a verse that wasn't very vague so that you could you could get this. Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> I'm wondering if the king is Ahasuerus. Remember the guy Ahasuerus, or how do, how do other people say that name? Ahasuerus. That was the husband of Esther. Remember about Esther, the Calvinist's favorite book. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> now, why is it the Calvinist's favorite book? Uh, because God is hidden. <laughs> Never mentioned. <laughs> That's funny right there. Okay. Oh, I got a points joke just now. I thought of it. I'll save it till later. Uh, now, uh, the I'm going to say, King. you know, David, King David has his own scribes. I think he's the later king of Israel. I, I think this is going to be... Ah, the time of the kings, though. I, I think this is going to be Second Kings, the book of Second Kings. I mean, after all, that's what the book is about. King, Second Kings, that's my guess. All right, Vicar Lessman. I think I'm going to agree with him oh, on this. Oh, yeah, he's agreeing with me. That's worth points right there. See, see, uh, Vicar Hamilton has a benefit. Uh you're not right in front of him, and his vicarage doesn't depend on you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, in this case, it didn't work out too well for you because Pastor Wolfmuller was wrong. Oh, man. Um, I can't hardly believe that. <laughs> although it is rather hilarious because the book he was looking for was the book of Esther. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're exactly right about the king. <laughs> Ahasuerus. There was a guy, that, there was this old Jewish mythology about the wandering Jew, and his name was also Ahasuerus. Huh. Yeah. That is Ahasuerus. fascinating. Ahasuerus, yeah. All right, law gospel. That's obvious in this text. Another obvious law gospel text. I hope you're kidding, right? 
Well, what about maybe speak generally to Esther? So Esther, you know, went in to pray and rescued the the Jews, and the, they were all going to be killed. And but the Lord preserved them through the reign of this Assyrian king, uh, eventually for the sake of Christ. And that is we can do law gospel with. That's you, Vicar Lesman. That's your cue. Okay. <laughs> you forgot uh, to hit. You forgot to hit his button. Yeah, you, Pull the string. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> let me know. Um, let's see. So, so in that verse, though, I, I don't know. I wrote the gospel like being the, the, the word, um, being preserved or written word written down. I think that's true. We were talking about that this morning about the Lord in His mercy has the scriptures written, simply for the sake of preserving His truth. Uh so that's good. I'm taking points for that, by the way. 200 points. <laughs> now, why are you taking points for that? Just because it's awesome. <laughs> All right, you want a verse? I'm ready for a verse. It is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descendants from Israel belong to Israel. Uh-huh. This is great. Uh, this is this uh, passage from... Um, this epistle in Paul's writing, and it actually goes with what we're talking about in the first segment. Oh, um, talking about that what, what our listener affectionately uh, deemed as the the dispies, the dispensationalists. Um, uh, so that uh, here, what what are we saying? That uh, has the word of God failed if if uh, if Israel has uh, has not um, uh, received this word of God? Uh, well, Paul makes the argument that no, it, it goes, it goes uh, to the word of God to the Gentiles as well. At least that's what I think. I might be making all this up. But I'm going to guess the book of Romans. <laughs> Let's see if your uh, vicar partner has trust in what you say. I, I think I might actually agree at this point. What? Agreeing? And you are both right. <laughs> now, do, did I have the context right? About halfway yes, through, I started to did. question myself. <laughs> no, no, you did. <laughs> Romans chapter 9, verse 6. This great. So uh, uh, Paul is introducing the doctrine of election and the difficulty of the nation of Israel falling from their chosen status. Uh, and he says it's not that the word of God failed. Mm. So Israel is those who faith. What do you think about that, Vicar Hamilton? Well, this, ob- this really uh, depends on where you're standing. Uh, the doctrine of election is clearly used as gospel for us. It's a benefit and it's a great comfort for us to know that it is the Word of God uh, that elects us and it's not dependent on anything uh, that we do. So you can definitely see gospel here. However, if you are uh, a part of those of Israel who are not saved, this could be law as well. I'll give you points for that. <laughs> You're so generous. 200 for getting it right, 200 for guessing for law and gospel. That's 700 points plus trees. You guys have... Now, man. I, I want to I just add on to that just so our listeners uh, don't misunderstand what Vicar Hamilton said. Everything, everything you said, Vicar, was right on. But what you did not say is that uh, those were, were somehow um, uh, not elect, that being they were elect for damnation or somehow... Uh, yes. Chosen for hell, um, so that less. And, and so now, now this is where we have this great, you know, confusion. Like, well, wait a minute. If you're not elect, then you've been chosen for hell. But, but we're 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 gonna not make that rational leap. We're just gonna stand on what the scripture says. That when the scriptures talk about election and our salvation, um, those two things are related. But when it talks about our damnation, our uh, those who 
who uh, are sent to the lake of fire, who are who is prepared for the Satan and his demons, by the way. Um, it was not because of God's choosing. It was because of our own sin. And we're just going to let the Scripture stand and speak those truths and not try to make the, the rational conclusions. It's very nice to have somebody follow behind me and clarify everything I say. I know. <laughs> Isn't that? That's the advantage of being a vicar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now, you, uh, Pastor Wolfner, you have a one-word clue before you. I'm ready. And uh, that one-word uh, clue is a verb. And that verb is clip. Clip. That's so easy. Now, the word clip could be both a verb or a... Oh, you said verb. <laughs> well, that's all. Sorry to take it, some I, stalling it, uh, time. It, it could, I suppose it could also be a, you know, noun. Like, I got a clip out of the newspaper. Or I saw a clip of that movie. That happens all the time in Revelation. They're talking about that. But if you say it's a verb, that means uh, to clip maybe someone's hair. Oh, hey, uh, Samson, remember? Uh, the Samson who sang the song, Hey There, Delilah? <laughs> she, he got his hair clipped. Uh, that was from Judges. The other clipping might be... Hmm. No, I think that's what I'm going for. I, I mean, in fact, not only am I going to go for it, it's so obvious that there's really no other guess to be made. Except for what is the book of Judges? All right, Vicar, you got to confirm or deny. It. <laughs> um, oh, jeez, I'm gonna go with him on this also because oh, I can't man. think of any other time clip might be used. I'm so sure know. you should do that. Well, I'm not either, but <laughs> it might not benefit me in the long run. But jumping off this cliff with you in June <laughs> might benefit me. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> you you did not pass Vicarage because you went against me in third round of Bible B. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, you are both wrong. I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I liked how you're just dragging Vicar down with you. Oh, I can't think of anywhere else it would possibly be. You must <laughs> you must go with me on this. Uh, you were looking for Jeremiah chapter 9, where it says, oh. Egypt and Judah and Edom and the sons of Ammon and Moab and all those inhabiting the desert who clip the hair on their temples. All of the nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. Yeah, man, you're not supposed to shave your sideburns if you're Jewish. So there yeah. you go. So uh, law, what do you think? Law gospel in about 50 seconds here. Oh, I, I can do it in less than that. Okay. I'll go law. All right. What How'd that do? What gave it away <laughs> in 30 seconds? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's you, Vicar. How'd you're you know right. it was law? <laughs> He's looking at me like someone clipped his sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Okay. That's all right. I'll take, I'll take, around, I'll take around three. You ready for this? All right. Now, look. This we're, is we're one word, ahead. I'm telling you. And the word is... you got two options on this. The word is mint. Or, it can be a verb. Oh, you mean two options. There's two books. Or a noun. Yep. It oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think mint comes up. I can't think of anywhere the mint comes up. What are you talking about? <laughs> the mint um, gum, all the food <laughs> laws. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all the all the forbidden mints they can't have, like <laughs> Altoids. Um, <laughs> mints, huh? Um, I'm gonna say that it probably comes up somewhere in the Psalms because that is the longest uh, book of the Bible. So <laughs> Psalms. That's just a percentage guess. Yeah, likelihood. 
likelihood. Well, there you go. Vicar Hamilton, do you agree with me? Well, you sound so convinced. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. <laughs> All right. What is it? You are r- rightly wrong. It is neither. It is not the Psalms. It's Matthew or Luke. You pay tithe of mint and anise, but you neglect the weightier things of the Whoa. law. Whoa. Like I honoring mi- your father and your mother. I miss that. And the sad do- thing is that we don't have enough time to hear from Ooh. Hamilton about whether this is law or gospel. But I think uh, if you tally up the, the Table Talk radio points, I think we clearly came out ahead, especially with my 500 deposit from the buzzword. It was 1,500 to Thanks, guys, for coming on, and thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like, oh, I forgot to write down my points joke. Oh, it was is... something about Calvinists and the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Thanks for listening to this oh, edition was... of Table Talk oh. Radio. Table points Talk like, Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Are like Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair <laughs> loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, oh, psychosis, thanks, coma, Vicar and alopecia, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, combustion, you know sudden craving to smell your vaccine, claustrophobia, and uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. That's why I found mint, because I was looking for minion.